Hello and welcome back to Webhead's Comic Club, episode number three. In case you can't tell already, if you are watching this on YouTube, this is our Christmas special. Uh, now, when I say Christmas special, we're not doing anything different than any other episode, but we got the holiday, we got the Christmas lights, we got the attire, we got the special art in the background. I thought it'd be fun. This is the last episode coming out before Christmas, so we're celebrating in fashion right here. Fully festive. Fully festive, but in case you're new here, my name is DA, this is my co-host, JP, and we are back with episode three. Uh, this is our podcast, of course, where we're reading through every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man uh, and discussing them here, but uh, first, before we dive into the comic books, I mean, I said we would talk about it last episode, we're not going to dive too deep, but Spider-Man No Way Home came out the last week. No spoilers here. We're not going to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it. But holy crap, what a movie. It was it was really great. I saw it two days ago now. I literally, like, immediately, like, I was telling my friends I saw it with, I want to go see it immediately again. Yep, I already booked my tickets. I'm going on Sunday. Nice. Or not Sunday. Today's Sunday. I'm going on Tuesday. Tuesday? I might just go alone. I might just go see it again. That's what I'm doing. I'm going. I'm gonna go sit by myself. I'm gonna go sit in the theater by myself. I don't care. Yeah. I asked. I asked my fiance if she wanted to go, and she was like, "No." So I was like, "All right, I'll go by myself." Did she go see it with you? She saw it the first time. Yeah. Did she not like it? She liked it. She was just busy that day um, when I wanted to go again. But I'm going again on Tuesday just to take it in. I was a little bit disappointed because so as you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in my backdrop I have the Avengers Endgame poster with the tickets. They didn't give us a physical ticket for Spider-Man No Way Home. They just scanned it on my phone, and I was like, I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to frame the poster with my tickets. Well, they got the they got the COVIDs now. Yeah, exactly. I guess, but give me a paper ticket. Come on, it's not that hard. Yeah, they just scanned my ticket too. Yeah, so I was a little sad about that. So maybe I'll you still could get print a poster. Out, you could right? print out like the ticket you bought, right? Yeah, it just doesn't have the same impact, you know. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I just thought it was cool to have the tickets, but. Whatever. Yeah, no, the movie was phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. I mean, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing? I mean, I feel like that kind of goes without saying. You've probably already seen the movie, but yeah, probably. I'm fully geared up. I You can't see it on the camera, but I am wearing my Marvel pajama pants featuring Spider-Man on them. I have my amazing Spider-Man glass. I mean, I'm ready to go. Well, I have a new background. For all, my, for all the audio listeners, head over to YouTube. Look at my new background. <laughs> Give, it, um, give us the tour. What's what's going on back there? <clears throat> well, first off, it's going to change um, because well, I won't spoil it though. It's going to get more uh, a little bit better comic book wise. But right here next to me, we have the statue for, uh, made by me from scratch, latex a bus. JP Creations original. Oh, I'm not even pointing at it. There it is. Um, battle damaged Peter Parker with some uh, PS4 uh, gear on him as a as a tribute to that game because I love that game so much. Oh yeah. We got these two masks that have been cut up. They're probably from 2004, 5, 6. These are from when I was a kid when I used to play Spider-Man. Those are literally <laughs> the original things. When I was a kid, yeah. To be like <laughs> Tobey Maguire at the end of Spider-Man 1. Oh, those yeah. are literally them. Those are the masks. They don't fit yeah. me because they're child masks. Right. Uh, we got uh, Venom gloves that I made. Okay. With the, with the old school uh, white uh, square yeah, on the back. Yeah, yeah, very basic but cool. We got the comic books in the back. That will be uh, Some of the comic books in the back they'll be reviewing today. Don't worry. I'll show those off a little bit closer later mm -hmm. and then as a temporary uh backdrop on the wall we got a uh spider-man 2 uh poster destiny yes destiny yeah my backdrop's sure a little bit be... less spider-man themed i just have the avengers and the infinity gauntlet but right yeah i just like i had some of this stuff already set up in my room and i just like unplugged and pulled my desk over here 
You're like, I need this backdrop. You should just get but a green screen. See what, if you can see what's going on, like, over there, it's just, there's, like, my PC is in the middle, then there's one long wire and extension <laughs> cord. It's it's a lot. Yeah. It could be a lot worse, though. It should be okay to put back, which is what I'm not looking forward to. You're just going to move it there each week? Yeah, pretty much, for, for the time being, at least. That's what I'm you trying to figure do? out. I want to get a slightly different setup going on in here, but I don't know what. Yeah. But, right. Uh, as far as, anyway, as far as No Way Home... We will dive more into that. I'm going to be talking about that on the next episode of Around the Boxes, which I think you might be joining me for. That's the plan, and another special guest. Another special guest, possibly. So we will be talking all about that movie, spoilers and non-spoilers, on Wednesday, uh, probably on Around the Boxes. So subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you want to see that when that comes out. But let's dive into the comic books this week. Right. So Mm -hmm. first up, I mean, we have nothing but bangers this episode. It is literally straight up probably going to be the best five issues re-review off the top of my head just thinking about it. It may be ever. It, I mean, it's, it's a star-studded lineup in this episode. Yes. I mean, just nothing but... And also, a lot of these characters were just in... Uh, well, I'm looking at three of the issues. We're just in No Way Home with Doc Ock and Green Goblin. But, of course, kicking off the episode... With issue number 11. Am I supposed to summarize this one? Yes, I do 11 and 14, yeah. of course. Yeah, or 12 and 14. Yeah, okay. So. Oh, wait, I gotta get my omnibus. <laughs> well, he grabs his omnibus. I will start summarizing issue 11. So, uh, issue 11 is the first of a two part storyline featuring Dr. Octopus, the return of Dr. Octopus, which obviously I was very excited for because Dr. Octopus is. Pretty much my favorite villain in these early issues, so I was very excited to see Dr. Octopus come back. But this issue kicks off with uh, the kind of, it's building upon the Betty Brant uh, mystery that we had last issue where we were trying to figure out what's going on with her. Um, and we it kind of recaps issue three with Dr. Octopus, talks about how he's going to be getting uh, released from prison. And Spider-Man's like, well, let me go convince them not to do that, because that's how the justice system works, totally. Um, But he goes to the prison, tries to convince him, Uh, he ultimately gets out, and then Betty Brant drives him away. So, Uh. bringing her into the fold a little bit. Uh, And that's how you learn that her brother got in trouble with a mob boss, like kind of loan shark type of thing. He didn't pay his gambling debts. Didn't pay his gambling debts. And that's how she kind of got wrapped up into all this business with Dr. Octopus kind of teaming up with a a mob boss guy and breaking him out of prison. Uh, And so Spider-Man ends up going and trying to... uh, Goes to Pennsylvania. Another road trip. We went to Florida last episode. Now we're going to Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. He's far from home, bro. He's very far from home. Uh, And he goes and he finds, finds Betty. They chat a little bit. Uh, Dr. Octopus ends up breaking the guy out of prison, and he goes to fight the gang members, the mob boss, Dr. Octopus, all these guys on the boat. They have an action sequence. Ultimately, Betty's brother dies, and Betty uh, blames Spider-Man. And that's kind of pretty much the end of the issue. I mean, Doc Ock gets away, uh, to be continued next issue, and then now Peter has this dilemma of, well, I can't tell Betty I'm Spider-Man, because she blames him for her brother's death. But... That's the quick summary. Now let's dive through this thing. What did you think well, about this issue? First off, I have issue 11. It's back there. I don't know if I should stand up and show it. It's up to you. I mean, it's back there. <laughs> I actually have, spoiler alert, for, uh, for the rest of this episode. <clears throat> I have every issue in this run except for 12. 
And so, I, have, um, I have none of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he has all with of them for 15, us. With number 15, you almost had the exact issue I had. I don't yeah, know if you remember. I do. I we'll saw tell that story that. when that comes there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could have had 15. I don't know. I guess you gave it up. A little bitter, but it's fine. A little bitter. Um, I got something else. I don't remember what I got instead. I don't know, but I looked up. Oh, I got 17. Worth, I got 17. Yeah, that's right. What it may be worth now um, compared to what we could have got it for and... I would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways, I got 11. You know what? It's back there. All right. Yeah. You don't need to see it's it. The... the audio listeners, the audio listeners don't even, they're completely in the dark right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, I guess, start from the beginning. We get a nice little, uh, hold on, hold on. They start with some foreshadowing. They show Betty being like, I hate you, Spider-Man. Yeah, some foreshadowing. Uh, Great splash page with Doc Hack in the background, like in a in a shadow. Yep. Well, um, pretty much go over what happened in issue three really quick. Obviously, like you said, here's the call over the radio that mm-hmm. uh, Hack has escaped, and he's to be released. He's to be he's, de- he's to be released. Yeah, and he, yeah. he needs to like stop this from happening. Of yeah, course. yeah. So his um, bright idea is, I'm gonna go convince them not to release him. That'll work. Right. I don't know. Yeah. What um, he thought would happen. Yeah, the warden really. Said, I don't know what the hell you think you're doing. Breaking into uh, my warden's office. <laughs> yeah. And uh, doing all this. Uh, side note, I actually uh, beat a New York warden in pool before. <laughs> so if I know anything about wardens, <laughs> that's yeah, not going to work. You're an you're, uh, expert. Yeah. Character witness. Uh, yeah, no. Breaking into a prison and telling them, hey, don't release this guy, even though he served his uh, jail sentence. What I'm surprised of is that he had such a short jail sentence. I mean, that's what, a, a year? year? Which also confirms we're a year into Spider-Man's career at this point. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Right. He's still kind of an amateur. He's a senior in uh, high school. That's true. I guess he must oh, be getting yeah. close to graduation. When does he? Well, I guess we're not there yet. We don't know. I thought I don't know if it was this issue next to you. He says it in one of these issues. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Doc Ock being back, I was super excited to see him back. I love this villain. I think this issue is more interesting than three because three, he just kind of goes crazy and breaks out of the hospital and is like, I'm going to take over this whatever. Yeah, classic origin. Yeah. I but- mean, I actually, other than 14, <clears throat> I absolutely love this issue. Like, yeah. I was going into it thinking it was going to be cool. This is like, Definitely be honestly. I think it's my favorite so far that we've read up to this point. It's up there because it features Doc yeah. Ock actually plotting and being his typical right. villain self. And there's you know a classic you know try to save somebody and they end up dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I didn't even realize that happened. I mean, we talked about it last episode. I didn't know what was going on with Betty because uh, I, I don't think I ever read this issue. At this point, yeah, I haven't. Most of the issues in this episode I hadn't read before. Only a couple of them I had. So I was really going in blind here. And I had no idea that Betty's brother existed. I had no idea that he dies, any of that. Uh, so I was right there for the ride. Yep, me too. I was hooked. But we see him use his um, uh, spider tracer. Is that what it's called? Oh, spider tracer, spider tracker, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he chucks it on the car to track uh, Doc Ock. I think this is the first I will say time. That. So Doc Ock's got a new fit. Purple suit. Purple suit. He's looking good. Very cool. I like Doc Ock's uh, ever-changing wardrobe. I like the brown trench coat best, but that might just be because of Spider-Man 2. When does he get that in the comics? 
I don't know. He's movie? had it at some point. I mean, they did it for the movie, so I think they probably did it in the comics at some right. point. But I mean, that's just a classic look. I mean, come on, right? Of course, <clears throat> that or the lab coat. But you know, or that. I know I, a lot of people depict him as the uh, yellow and green. Right, 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 right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they use. That's one thing I've noticed reading through these issues is they use so many bright colors. Mm-hmm. And I get that it makes the art pop more. I mean, it's a comic book, but it's so weird. Like, some of these buildings are just, like, yellow and orange. and Right. I'm like, that's not what built. Like, the doors are blue. and uh, It just looks a little weird. I don't know if that's just what architecture looked like in the 60s or if they were just trying to make the art pop. I don't know when he gets that yellow and, and green, uh, but I'm pretty interested to see if there's a reason behind it because it's a very <laughs> strange thing yeah. to start wearing. I mean... The dude's crazy, so I mean. Well, no, fully, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what else was the big uh big takeaways from this issue? I'm trying to look through. That um, it was probably the, the <clears throat> like, this issue, you know, from villain to side characters to Peter Parker and Spider Man is like this is how I see like if you, if you say Spider Man, this is the type of world and universe personalities that I think of like immediately. You know, there's this the energy and the just this issue in general. He's trying to do the right thing, but also, you know, balancing his relationship with Betty Brant and absolutely lunatic, you know, uh, villain. Um, personal stakes, you know, relation, you know, personal stakes. There's, you know, someone tragically dies. I just love how uh, Peter, just a senior in high school, just goes to his aunt and he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking of taking a trip to Philadelphia." Right, and she's just Word like, right. "Okay, <laughs> like, oh, whatever." Like, oh, I won't go with you. I mean, she just upped and took a trip to Florida last episode after she got out of the hospital, but she can't go with him to Philadelphia. Well, she's got things to do around the house, of course. She's got chores, bro. Yeah. Who's gonna take? Who's gonna? Who's gonna take care of the plants? Not Peter, apparently. No, he he has responsibilities, but not those responsibilities, not those. But uh, yeah, what do I you mean, think of Doc Ock in this issue though? Is this like when you think of him? Is this the type you think of him as? A lot more. I feel like in issue three, it seemed like he didn't really have much of a plan. Right. Which, when I think of Doc Ock, I think of a planner. I think of a schemer. Yeah, plan. Like he's always yep. got a plot. He always has contingencies. And I feel like that's what we kind of saw in this issue, where he was released, and then he had this deal with that guy. But then when things went upside down, he was kind of like prepared for it, and he had an escape plan, and he ends up getting away. Mm-hmm. He's a lot smarter. I feel like this fits more into the the uh, image of Doctor Octopus. That you see, I mean, in general, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask you because of obviously him being your favorite villain, right? So right. I don't know one of your favorite villains. He's he's one. Of, I it would be hard for me to pick a single favorite, but at right, some point or another, he's been my favorite. Okay. But I also, when I think of Doc Ock, I also think of the whole like later on when he was dying, and that was a whole thing. So there's a lot of different evolutions of his character that I really like too. So something I really love that is following this character around is him backhanding people. Doc Ock. Yeah, he backhands. Uh, was his name Bennett or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just backhands him like he backhanded uh, Spider-Man in his first appearance. I hope he backhands someone again in the, in the next issue. I know he doesn't. Kind of made me upset. <laughs> he's got that disrespectful. He, he's, I know he's supposed he's so, to be, like, but he's so pompous. ugly. He's pompous he's, and ugly. He's, he's ugly. He's very ugly. He's like an he, ugly guy. He's got a nice suit, but man, he don't look good. He needs a new haircut. I think that'd do him good. Yeah. And this is even before they give him the really bad bowl haircut later. This is getting there, though. It's getting there, but it's not as bad as it gets. No. But, uh, yeah. Big old mouth. 
But Peter is uh, swinging around Philadelphia, which it was interesting to see some of the shots they had of Philly with like less skyscrapers and stuff going on mm-hmm. because obviously uh, it's not New York. But uh, I, yeah, I just think they really developed the character, everything going on with Bennett. And the gangsters and Doc Ock, like it's all these interweaving stories. I feel like this is some of Stanley's best kind of weaving of, of the plot, so far, uh, kind and of yeah, we setting up the tension. Right, we were introduced to a lot of characters this issue, but it really didn't feel forced and pointless. Which sometimes you you issue introduce characters for one issue, issue, Jesus, one issue, and uh, it feels forced and pointless sometimes. Yeah, and that's. Why- Oh, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Webhead's Comic Club, the only <laughs> podcast where uh, animals will go absolutely your dog, wild. Your dog has to make an appearance at least once an yes. episode. Yes, I mean, it's going to be a running theme. <clears throat> I think I can do about it, even if I wanted to stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately the biggest uh, driving force for me with this issue is Betty Brant. I mean, it's it's yeah. awesome seeing Doctor Octopus, but of course, developing her character and giving a lot of depth and backstory uh, is very refreshing to see. She's not just the love interest who's you know damsel in distress; like she's actually involved with everything going on, and that's that's good. That's one thing about Spider Man as a whole. Like throughout his whole entire arc, you know, even up to now, like his love interests are always like they always have oomph to them. You know, they always they always have like backstory to them. They're always they're not just the damsel in distress, like you said, yeah. and uh. It starts off with his first love interest too, which is another thing I was thinking about. Is like, you know, we don't we don't see Gwen Stacy until issue like thirty one or thirty three, and like before I read these issues, I did really not think that Betty Brant was as much of a love interest at all in, in any story arc of Peter Parker as it's clearly she is. like Stanley intended for her to be the love interest yep. initially. Very interested to see what happens and how that stops. We we see it fizzling out a little bit yeah over these next five issues but i'm curious to see when it actually and it really started with here because i, I don't want to you know go too far ahead but we end up fighting on a boat first off which is an awesome scene <laughs> i love me a good boat and i love a good fight on a boat especially between <laughs> an octopus and a spider oh yeah that's where it's a good good action scene. I like how he's mostly fighting kind of the mob guys, and then Doc Ock's just trying to escape and take out Spider Man. You could see also Spider Man's trying to outsmart Doc Ock with you know let's go behind him, you know I'm gonna surprise him here, and he's too smart for that. It's a battle of wits. It's a battle of wits as well. Doc Ock is not he's not Sandman. He's not. He's, <laughs> he's a poor Sandman. Uh, give me my high school diploma. <laughs> give me my diploma, <laughs> Bub. That had to be one of the funniest moments. That and this place haunted. is haunted. <laughs> this place is haunted. That's the same issue. No. No, no, that was seven. Haunted was seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Really? No, because he was in the school. No, that was at JJ's at Daily Bugle. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep, you're yeah. Right. But those are definitely the two two funniest moments so far. But uh, yeah, I love this fight, and I love how there you see that Doc Ock really is a match for him. Like, neither mm-hmm. one of them is really getting the upper hand on the other like they're pretty evenly matched yeah, they're, they're a match for each other not just you know one way around right exactly so it's a pretty fair fight but also neck and neck and there's actually a little bit of tension of like who's gonna win this fight right now um and of and course hatred for uh spider-man really building in doc ock yeah and that kind of boils over next issue so the, the big thing that happens in this issue that i see that actually kind of like 
stopped me in my tracks a little bit because I didn't expect this type of stuff so early on in the comics is like a straight up death because of just trying to help. You know, obviously we had Uncle Ben die, but like so Spider-Man's trying to, to stop one of the gang members, right? Mm-hmm. Or, the, or the mobsters or whatever, and the guy's just shooting wild. And it, one of the bullets ricochets and hits uh, Betty's brother and kills him. And Betty is very quick to blame Spider-Man about that. I was shocked when that happened. Yeah, I was like, I did not expect that. I thought this was a kid comic. I thought this was a kid issue. I wasn't expecting it, didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden, this guy dies. And yeah, she's immediately like, this is your fault. And it's like, well... And he was thinking about telling her that he's Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, which that kind of resolves itself relatively quickly, but he still doesn't tell her. But uh, no, yeah, and then he kind of goes on that, like, I'll get you for this. And he goes for vengeance after the guy who shot him. Uh, and beats beats him the heck up. He actually punches. I love the panel. I think it's on page fourteen. He punches the crap out of that dude. He hits him yeah, into two like other that. gangsters like a bowling pins. Like just flies across the boat. He really, he, there was two guys on him. He like squats them up and then just punches <laughs> the other guy like into across a bunch of other guys. The boat. Like that dude um, flew ten yeah. feet. But the thing is, he's like he had two other guys on him. What a nasty punch. That's pure rage. Yeah. So we definitely get to see him taking it personally. Um, But yeah, those those regular old mobsters are no match for his punch. But Doc Ock is. A bunch of uh, of fighting happens. Uh, The boat that's supposed to pick up. The main mobster in this issue, I forgot his name, comes. Doc Ock tries to get on that boat. Hmm. Spider-Man follows him. Then there's a police boat that comes up, and pretty much they all just book it. Yeah, I mean, the boat hits, uh, I think, a dock, and then they both go yeah, splattering like off, and Spider-Man swims off, and then Doc Octopus is nowhere to be seen. So that means to be continued. I do love how when the police are grabbing Betty, they're like, when we revived, what's his name? He said, you were just innocent, so you're cleared. I was going to do that. Like, absolutely no... Uh, interview no nothing like you're just here with all these gangsters you totally drove dr octopus out and all this stuff but you know can't have too many consequences for her Her brother just died so so a little bit of a dark issue pretty dark and it ends with you know her at the funeral and crying and him and he's obviously kind of torn about her saying i never want to see spider-man again he's like well that's me. Kind of sucks too. It's a little messed up because he's like, uh, I won't tell her, but I'm still gonna try to date her. <laughs> yeah, that won't. I don't know. Well. That's a, uh, it's a hard decision to make, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, this episode is a, it's a dark issue, and then it ends with a sad ending, which kind of hooks you into wanting to see the next issue because next issue is kind of part two i mean it's not quite a two-part story but obviously it's dr octopus again let's say it's a straight-up continuation it's a sequel of this issue yeah so it pretty much continues in the next issue so let's dive into issue 12 okay issue 12 unmasked by dr octopus <laughs> this is this an audiobook now yes gather <laughs> <laughs> around everybody i will read you this 35 minute issue <laughs> anyway so let's get into this one issue 12 pretty much part two if you want to say um, you want me to do the little overview? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so starts off with Dr. Octopus still in Pennsylvania. 
and he wants to get Spider-Man down there with him, fight him again. So he's pretty much robbing banks, causing absolute mayhem. Peter's back in New York, and he can't go back down there because he's got a little cold. Is that what am I, am I reading this? What's going on? He um, couldn't go because why couldn't he go? No, yeah, he's got a little cold. That's right. Well, and also, yeah, and May is kind of tending after him, and yeah, he's got some type of virus. That's right. Where's this panel that I was looking at? Man, uh, I'm horrible. Well, there's the one where Aunt May is. The Aunt May's like feeling his forehead. Got it. And... Got it. All right, we're back. Cut that part out. Just cut that part out. <laughs> no cuts. You don't, cut, you don't cut anything out that you say you're gonna cut out. No. So I'm just looking like an it absolute. All, it all goes cool. in. All right. <clears throat> all right. Gather around, everybody. We're gonna try this again. So, wants uh, Peter to come back down. Spider-Man to come back down and face him again, but he won't. The Daily Bugle saying that Spider-Man's a coward. Um, but Peter is a little bit under the weather, and Aunt May, will, like like you said, will definitely not let him go. Um, so pretty much Doc Ock says, you know what, screw it. Let's just go back to New York. And while um, Betty, J. John Jameson, and Peter are in the Daily Bugle, Doc Ock barges in and asking um, J. Jonah, right, to pretty much lure Spider-Man out with a little letter. Yep. And... Uh, Peter is not in a, in a good way. Uh, Doc Ock captures Betty Brant. They take him to the Colon I- Colon- Coney Island uh, ferry. Colon Island? Ferry, Jesus. Colon Island. The Colon Island uh, amusement park, <clears throat> I guess. Um, and Peter is so under the weather that he pretty much says he has the same strength as just a normal teenager. So he is getting the absolute work from Dr. Octopus, and Dr. Octopus is like, what? what is going on? Like, you were just like, is this a trick? And uh, meanwhile, J. John Jameson also goes there, just in case Peter can't take any pictures. Circling back, or going back a little bit. He also asked Peter to go there to take some pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc Ock ends up knocking Spider-Man out because he's so weak. And while the police, J. Jonah and Betty Watch, he unmasks Spider-Man straight up. But everyone believes, since he got knocked out so easily because he's because he's sick, that Peter just somehow, I guess, went to the local corner store and got a Spider-Man costume and decided, you know what, I'm going to fight Dr. Octopus <laughs> right up. So everyone believes that that is not actually Spider-Man, even though he just got unmasked right in front of everybody. Doc Ock doesn't believe it either. He just thinks that, everyone just thinks that Peter dressed up and tried to fight Dr. Octopus. And there's some... Uh, Different opinions about whether that was courageous or stupid, but I guess a little bit of both at the end of the day. Um, so, Doc Ock leaves. Um, Peter goes, gets checked out by a doctor at home. Um, he has the, of course, the 24-hour virus. Yeah, the famous 24-hour virus. I didn't virus. look up if that's a real thing, a 24-hour virus. I don't think it is. That's incredible. Yep. So he has a 24-hour virus, so after 24 hours, he is back to normal, full strength, flipping around in his bedroom. Liz starts to get the hots for Peter. Oh, yeah. Because he's so courageous and stupid, um, which was such a turn, because obviously she wouldn't give him the time of day at all before. Doc Ock is pissed. He thinks that uh, he was looked like a, he got looked like a fool. He lets out a bunch of zoo animals. <laughs> So Peter has to deal with that 
he fights a bear, he fights a tiger, he he fights a lion, and a gorilla, a, a damn gorilla. Yeah. Doc Hawk is causing an absolute uh, mayhem, and he finally finds Spider-Man. They duke it out. A great battle ensues. Um, they fight their way into a abandoned sculptor's, I guess, museum. A shout out to the sculptors out there. And uh, they have a big, big, long fight in this museum. Doc Ock ends up getting trapped. Um, there's a fire. Peter escapes. Doc Ock doesn't escape, but the police catch him after they put out the fire. And Doc Ock is once again uh, apprehended. Yeah. I'll tell you, that was the best I've ever done doing one of those. This issue is all over the freaking place. And I love it. But it is my favorite moment. Definitely when Dr. Octopus just like shows up at the Daily Bugle. And he's like, here are my terms. Tell Spider-Man to come to Coney Island. I'm taking Betty Brant as a prisoner. And you may send one photographer... Like, how perfect. is It's just like, only one photographer. And JJ's like, I'll send Peter. It's like... there. It's also so silly, because it's like... <clears throat> send only... We're going to do this crazy thing. But send a photographer. Just one. You may send only one. Perfect for the story that it's obviously going to be Peter. Yeah. Because he's a photographer. Obviously. He's sick. But don't worry, guys. It's the famous 24-hour virus. Yeah. He'll be so fine. all will be okay in 24 hours. Exactly. And obviously it was just deployed to like, I got, you know, put him on the issue, him getting a mask and everything and have it not be a big deal. But uh, I saw that obviously coming from a mile away. Yeah. Once I found out he was sick, sickly. Doc Ock's got the new drip. Uh, the, the just green. a full, full green sweatsuit with dress shoes. It looks good. Very odd. Not as good as the purple shoes, but. It's odd with the dress shoes, but you know what? <laughs> we're rocking well, with it's he's not got like a sweatsuit. I mean, he's got like pants. Yeah, but that's that's not that's a that's like a Hanes sweatshirt, bro. It's like Shout a nice Hanes. nicer like dress shirt, not like a button up, but like a. Okay, Doc Ock fanboy, I think it's a sweatsuit. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> well, I think he looks good, but yeah, he he absolutely beats the crap out of Peter and then unmasks him, and I just love how not for a single second do any of them even consider that he's possibly Spider Man. They're all just like, what? Why would he dress up as Spider Man? I don't know if... Does he talk at all? No, he's knocked out. No, but does he talk like a... No, he just thinks to himself the whole time. Yeah. So I, w I can't even... No, he says, hold it, Octopus. He, uh, I'm the one you want, and now you, I've got you. So if everyone heard that... They've all heard Spider-Man before. They're like, this he just sounds the exact same. I don't know. I'm thinking too much into it. I understand that. But this is what we do. This is why you're here. This is why you're listening. So... I mean... I call, I call bullshit. You're not wrong. Yeah. They would hear the vote. Well, maybe he sounds sick. That 24-hour virus, yeah, I'll probably get you. That 24-hour, so he's probably like, hold it, octopus, I got you. <laughs> and so he's like, that's not Spider-Man. No way he's the same size, same shape, and exact same costume we've seen like two days ago. And he's not this wimpy Peter Parker. Come on. Oh, hell no. But what I think is amazing is that... Basically, Betty Brant thinks that Peter just put on a costume and went up against this super dangerous supervillain just for her, and somehow she still questions his commitment to her. <laughs> She's like, he risked his life for me, but, oh, you like Liz. Like, <laughs> what? 
Ah, uh, women, you know what I mean? Oh, that's just, it's funny. But, um... I know, what I love is that, so yeah, so Liz, Liz really gets the hots for Peter starting now. And it just is like a complete flip from how she felt about him, you know, earlier. She's like obsessed with him now. But my favorite thing after this fight that happens, what I mentioned before is that Doc Hogg is so pissed because he feels like he got, you know, made a fool. Because he was fooled by a teenager. That he goes buck wild and releases a bunch of zoo animals. Yeah, I don't really understand that. That's a menace. You want to talk about a menace? It's cool, though. I mean, I like... No, I, I love that it. That gorilla it's... don't look right, though. Gorillas yeah, are not brown. That's some King Kong shit. Uh, he's on top of, like, a building. <clears throat> yeah. Looks more like a Yeti than a gorilla. But we can confirm Spider-Man can beat a gorilla in a fight now. Yes, pretty much how smart of them. Yeah. And yeah, um, make quick he, work. He of fought them. a bear, which was a, a silver bear. That's eh, like a black bear. There's, there's a black light bear. there. Yeah, 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 I got you. Um, fights a lion. Fights a lion. They showed it. They showed a tiger, but I don't. Or I think the that, police cheetah? captured the cheetah. Yeah. Let's say lions, so, tigers, bears. Oh, oh my! All of them. Um. So that's a really interesting little sub fight, which is great. And then we see Doc Ock. He's pissed, bro. He's just he's rampaging through the streets, flipping up cars. But he finds Spider Man at last, and they have a nice little fight. Um, he breaks a water tower and soaks <laughs> soaks J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, he's like, this has still, to be the real Spider Man. Yeah, they're still like, I hope this is Peter again. <laughs> imagine, the, imagine he was still weak, and this just whole happened. Again, fully again. <laughs> They're like, Peter, like, stop it! <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Like, you gotta stop. Like, stop doing I that. I told you once. It's like in, uh, you know, in Far From Home when the teacher's talking to that Brad kid. He's like, you gotta stop doing that. Yeah, for it's real. Not like, okay. It's not okay. ridiculous. <clears throat> they have a really great fight. Uh, they're on top of a ch- big chimney, like a, like a fire stack. Smoke, or what smoke stack? I smoke think, stack, yeah. Right? Smokestack, you're right. I love how um, Spider-Man's—he's pretty smart. He starts swinging around it to tie him up, but then Doc Ock stretches out so that it would slack. Like you just see—you see their brains yeah. going back and forth. It's really a battle of the wits and a battle of uh, strength. But uh, Peter's pretty much running for a while. I mean, he's he just does that a lot to... in these five issues. He runs a lot. Trying like, to keep I guess his we distance. Talk about this. Yeah. Um, Bunny starts giving him the one too. He tricks him. Yep. He finally outsmarts him. He jumps down the, the, what is that, a chimney or something? And then he shoots back up so and just punches the crap out of him coming up out of it. Uh, so he starts to get the upper hand. And, yeah, like you mentioned, they crash into a, I think it's a sculptor's studio. Yeah, an abandoned sculptor's studio. Which is interesting scenery. I mean, I don't know why, but. Yeah, they fall on a boat and then they fight in a sculptor's abandoned studio. And they burn the place down. Burn place down. Uh, the fire gets started by what was it? Uh, I think they spill his like cleaning fluid or cleaning, something. Yeah, cleaning fluid started a fire, and Spider-Man's pretty much saying like we need to just stop fighting right now because we're gonna both die in here and get trapped. And Doc Ock is like so furious and wants to kill Spider-Man so much that he does not care. And then he and ends Spider-Man, up getting trapped in the fire. Right, Spider-Man's like you're gonna you're gonna get trapped or some shit, and he does just that. And Spider-Man, being the guy he is, tries to save him. Yeah, but fire gets so crazy that he barely escapes himself out of a window, 
He uses, he uses a quick, uh, quick web fluid change. Um, we get to see his utility belt in action. Yes, we do. He also makes a he makes some uh, a fireproof like shield out of his webbing, as well as pads as he runs, so he doesn't burn his little feet. Yeah, this this scene reminds great. me of in Spider-Man: Homecoming when Vulture is in that explosion, and Peter's like, "I'm trying to save you." Like that's kind of what's going on yes. here, where Doc Ock is trapped, and he's like, "I'm gonna try to save you." When he could easily just let him die. Yeah, we talked about that. Was that issue seven too? He did the same thing. Yeah, like he's starting to have that moral, like I have a responsibility to save you. I need to save you. Oh no, yeah, this, this Spider-Man Peter Parker is like completely different from the first five issues. He is. He has grown like, a lot. Everything we said about Peter in the first five issues like, is the complete opposite now. I would say he's he's he's. It's been a year. So he's had some time to kind of learn, and he's, he's, he's a lot more experienced. You know, he's faced a lot more foes, and and he's got the so, ladies going after him. He's got Liz going after him now. So Spider-Man escapes. Uh, the firemen put out the fire and find Dr. Octopus. They hand him over to the police because they don't want him. And uh, he's apprehended once again. Never to return again. And then Liz asks Peter on a date. He says, no can do. I got a date with a little brunette. Oh, yeah, buddy. Absolute player. Which, you know, where's Betty when this happens? Because she ends up getting jealous of Liz. I'm like, he just straight up rejected Liz. And he had asked her out before. So, character They don't really care. I mean, like you said, Betty, you know, he literally risked his life to face a foe. Um dressing up as spider-man and she's like ah, i don't know about it yeah your commitment is uh which wavering. i don't remember which issue it's in so we'll see it when we get there but peter he's grown a little bit since his early days when he was trying to be a little player and right, flirting exactly. with multiple girls he does it again in one of these issues where he's like oh betty didn't answer guess i'll call liz then and i was like what are you doing <laughs> like no yeah that was the end of like 15 or i think it's towards the end we'll get there when we get there but yeah that was hey everyone slips up a little bit you know what i mean everyone has those days come on peter don't don't be doing that but uh having finished 12 we didn't do this for 11 but i kind of consider 11 and 12 part one part two where would you rank these you mentioned these are probably your favorite out of what we've read so far or one, one to ten what's your what's your rating on these 12 definitely isn't my favorite start with 11 first 11 is definitely my favorite so far obviously i said first two episodes i think four is the one i enjoy the most reading 11 has definitely beat that like i said i think 11 was everything you need in a spider-man story hmm. all you know all the basics right <clears throat> and uh 12 was fun but it wasn't it just wasn't as good um if you want a rating like one through ten rating i would say 11 was probably a solid eight for me okay eight and a half and then 12 was probably like a seven and a half seven i could agree with that yeah it's like a little bit less than 11 but not by a lot right i really liked 11 yeah 11 11 is definitely very good and it it answered the questions of what's going on with betty and what's going on with all of this and dr octopus is back uh 12 just kind of continues that story with him versus spider-man but i, I would agree yeah yeah if you like spider-man you like doc ock you like a good spider-man story read 11 you will not be disappointed yeah I think 11 is a good uh, formula for a good Spider-Man story. 
Definitely. And we see it repeated in a certain ways throughout his entire run. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But diving into the next issue, this is an iconic one. Yes. Issue 13. Yes. First appearance of Mysterio. I have this issue too. It's in the back. I do not. Breaks my heart. I want it so badly. You know what we'll do at the end? You know? Everyone go to YouTube at the end. I'll just, I'll pick them up. I'll just show them off. Like a stack of money. I'll just like, you know, flare them out. Uh, yeah. That's, this is the one gap in my uh, Spider-Man collection is kind of 11 through 15. I think the next one I have is 17. So hmm. we'll get to that. But uh, First Prince of Mysterio, I was really looking forward to reading this comic. I feel like I've read this one before, but I, I didn't remember it when I was reading hmm. it. So I might have been going in blind here. But, uh, yeah, so quick summary. Starts off with Spider-Man robbing a bank. What the heck is going on? Why is Spider-Man robbing a bank? We, as the readers, don't know. So that was one thing I really enjoyed about this issue, is it kind of has that, like, oh, what's going on? Uh, but then kind of been done before, though, with it's, Chameleon. It's been done before with Chameleon, and it cuts to, finally, it's like, now we want to know, what is Peter Parker doing? And he is losing his freaking mind. I love how he's like, I must be sleepwalking. I mean, am I robbing banks in my sleep? And there's panels of him in bed with his eyes wide open, like terrified that he's doing this in his sleep. He doesn't for a single second consider that it's an imposter, which, you know, whatever. But he goes to a psychiatrist to try and get help and then realizes that that could put his identity at risk. So he leaves uh, and he goes to... Uh, JJ, and he's talking to him about work, and he wants money, uh, and then there's another Spider-Man robbery, and then finally, Mysterio appears to J. Jonah Jameson, uh, tells him to uh, basically print a notice. A lot of people use JJ to communicate with Spider-Man, which is weird, but they're like, meet me on the bridge, and Spider-Man goes and meets him on the bridge, and he just starts beating the crap out of him for no reason, uh, and then... That kind of introduces his character. He puts his smoke up, and Spider-Man's just getting worked by this guy. Absolutely worked. And then, uh, ultimately, he, he regains and uh, goes back to face Mysterio as he's realizing that Mysterio's kind of teaming up with uh, J. Jonah Jameson, and he tells him a little bit about his origin, why he's doing what he's doing. They fight in this movie studio, and ultimately he defeats uh, Mysterio and gets him arrested and happily ever after, but... Cutting back to the beginning. What are your thoughts on this issue? Um, so, uh, like I said in the last issue, I was probably the least excited to read this. Um, because, for whatever reason, when I read this issue, it really stuck in my mind. I forgot some parts, obviously. And when I was a kid, I probably skipped over all the um, dialogue that wasn't Spider-Man and Mysterio. Um, but one thing that I was actually really excited for that I feel like kind of got switched off was when... In the like second page, right where uh, uh, Aunt May was talking to Peter, and you know she's worried about him because you know he's more he thinks she's stressed out about you know the bills and yada yada. And he's like in bed. He's like, I never thought this would happen to me. I'm afraid to shut my eyes to go to sleep. I was like, maybe he's like afraid of like all the villains he's faced. Like he literally has PTSD. Like this is a very interesting topic probably too adult for what they're going on to right but you know if you were fighting on these menaces that want to kill you every single day you know for a full year you know you'd probably be pretty jittery that's true so that, i thought they were going to kind of go into that a little bit um but they didn't it was just more about i guess the fact that he's been hearing about 
the robberies and stuff. Yeah. Because um, he wakes up and it, he says Spider-Man struck again, struck again. So that means this has been happening. I guess that's what he uh, mm-hmm. was losing sleep over. But so he literally goes to a psychiatrist. There, yeah. yeah, he goes to a psychiatrist and literally that it lasts about a panel. A panel or two. Literally like three panels, I think. Four panels. Um, psychiatrist, psychiatrist is a real horrible psychiatrist he first thinks oh this would be great this is a this is just the guy i need like a oh. hero that's also a nutcase <laughs> a superhero who's a mental case yeah not the not the psychiatrist you want to be going to even even as spider-man tries to leave he's like wait you're the patient every psychiatrist dreams of yeah i didn't know psychiatrists dream of like these type of patients They're like but... man i want i want someone who dresses up like a spider i like i have anxiety can some hero just come in here that's an absolute nutcase already? <laughs> Please. I'm trying to get my name in a magazine. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. He goes there and he's like, you can help me. And then immediately he's like, wait, no you can't. And leaves. Yeah, he didn't think that over. Yeah, he's just kind of acting rash. And then he kind of shirks off Betty, which is making her... Uh... I guess that's why she starts to feel a little shunned by him. Because he kind of snaps at her. Yeah. He's like, you never talked to me that before. It's kind of, it's kind of a little bit sad, but at the same time, like my man's got a lot going on. Yeah, but he's like, don't butt into my life. Like, come on, yeah, no, he's Peter. A, he's a complete jerk. Yeah, no, yeah. He's a complete don't jerk. be. A, this is this is Spider Man three, emo Toby, Peter <laughs> levels right now. Like, come on, you're better than this. Yeah, it's sad. I feel bad for Betty, but <clears throat> but he tries to get a loan from JJ. Of course, that doesn't work. Seventeenth time he's tried to do that. I don't know when he's gonna get his to get you know learn a lesson. Yeah, just go take some photos, Peter. You can take literally, photos, you can literally get pictures of Spider-Man anytime you you've, want. You've faked them before. Go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> he's learned his lesson, maybe. Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah, I think he's learned his lesson with that. Uh, um, but Liz is uh, still flirting with Pete. Super flirting with Pete. She changed her and hair. She got a new haircut. Pete's like, I don't care. Flash, Flash is, is like, losing his Wow, weed! <laughs> Oh, like he's like he's I love crazy. We talked about this when they did it before, but the uh, text uh, for Liz when it's like melting, so it's like icy. I love it. They do it a lot in one of the later issues, uh, but they did it in this one when she's like talking to Flash and she's like, "Oh, now I look good. How did I look before?" Which like, oh, Flash, you broke the number one rule. He says, "You're beautiful now." Yeah, I read that before I even read the oh. next like bubble. I was like, uh oh, like you, you yeah. But no, I love, oh, I love no. that like melting effect. You can just like because you know it, it's something that she's staying with complete disdain. Yeah, it really provides the tone of the, yep. the. But yeah, oh my, like Flash, you can't say that. No, that's not a good idea, man. That's like you know. Oh man. And like, uh, and like every great super villain. They show up at the Daily Bugle. <laughs> JJ's really asking for it, though. He is, no. JJ loves it. He's made himself the face of the antagonist for Spider-Man, so now all these villains right. are like, oh, he'll help me. So, just like the Vulture did, just like Doc Ock did, he hands him a little note. Hands him a little note. At least this Tells one isn't on do. a rock that he throws through the window. Right, and at least Mysterio doesn't have a gun. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't walk in. Tell me where Spider-Man is, or I'm blasting. Pull a damn gun on him. The The note disappears in his hand, obviously. We're willing to believe that Mysterio was just of some different 
power because he is mystical fully like yeah my- mystical for sure disappearing in the smoke you know the paper's disappearing right out of the hands after he reads it um so pretty much he's calling spider-man to the brooklyn bridge right which Fight him. what's super cool about his first appearance in this comic is like obviously reading it now we know mysterio right we know he does like effects and illusions but as a reader and like i was reading this trying to you know as if i was reading it back when it came out and i've only read the first 12 issues mysterio is super cool and you're seeing him you're like how the heck is he supposed to beat this guy who's like magic and he has he can disappear and do all this stuff like the mystery of mysterio really i think sets him up to be such a cool villain you know, I did the opposite of what you did, which I guess I maybe maybe I should start doing that. I didn't read it as if I was reading it back in 1964 or whatever. Um, I was reading it with everything I know. Yeah. Like, so I'll talk about how I feel about Mysterio in the comics at the end of this issue. But this was really cool. The one thing I was really thinking about, you know, being the, the geek for uh, Green Goblin like I am, they're fighting on the Brooklyn Bridge. Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. We know what happens there. No, what? So... Oh, we are, yeah. You don't know? <laughs> well, I... I'm actually from the future. Yeah, I'm from the 70s. I've only read 12 issues of Spider-Man. I, mean, I don't know. Let me tell you, I read 122 of them, and you're in for a world one. <laughs> oh. So, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what if that's like the same exact area of the bridge? Probably is. That's crazy. <clears throat> that blows my mind. It's a cool, cool fight scene setting. Yeah. It's, uh... I don't know. For me, it's really cool. Like, it could be the exact same part of the bridge that he's fighting Mysterio for the first time that another really big thing happens to him in his life down the line. I don't know what you're talking about, though. I mean, spoilers. I'm not saying anything that happens. I'm just saying. You gotta tune in to Webhead's episode 20 or whatever it'll be to find out what happens on that issue. Let me tell you. um, I was gonna say something really important, but I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay, that's right. So yeah, so he fights um, Mysterio on the Brooklyn Bridge, issue thirteen. Next issue, issue fourteen, first Prince of Green Goblin. I think you're seeing connections where there are none. No, no, I'm putting the connection in there myself. Okay, okay. No, I like it's cool to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we'll get um, we'll get into this first Prince really, of Green Goblin. Right. I have it it really puts it really puts everything in perspective that they're really in the same world in one you know state <laughs> right you know yeah I don't know. that's true that's cool to me but uh, anyways this first fight with mysterio he absolutely gets his butt kicked yeah then did not know what was coming <clears> to him <throat> did not think he was going to be this tough of a foe he can't even uh, put his hands on him no yeah he just gets beat up in the smoke runs away in the smoke he shoots a web at him mysterio says halt puts his hand out and the web absolutely uh disintegrates melts and I love how immediately after that fight, Mysterio is hailed as a hero. He's like going on motorcades through the city. It just really reminds me of when they later did him in the movies in Far From Home, where that's what we saw happen in the, yeah, in the MCU, Adams. is where Mysterio is a hero and everyone loves him. And it's like, he's not a Sorry, hero. He's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, that's not quite the case. Uh, it's more than meets the eye. But what I do think is interesting is once uh, Peter does find mysterio which happens relatively quickly after here mysterio just straight up tells him all of his secrets like right away yeah he does and, and 
Peter put a tracker on him because Peter actually shook Mysterio's hand. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. First off, I like the type of thing. Mm-hmm. When one guy doesn't know what's going on. Um, Mysterio as Peter Parker shook... Or Spider-Man Peter Parker as Peter Parker. Parker. Right. Shook Mysterio's hand, put a tracker on his cloak while he did that. So he found him. Um... In the is it an alleyway of a, of a movie studio? Yeah, like as he's going in. Oh, just outside a movie studio at night. Yep. As yeah. he's going in, puts his flashlight on him, his spider gadget light on him. <laughs> the spider signal. The spider signal. And yeah, and, and uh, he, yeah. he just immediately goes into exposition. He's like, I might as well tell you my life story since I'm gonna make sure that you're dead by telling Stanley, you how I do all of this so then you can beat me. <laughs> Stanley hasn't done that at all <clears throat> to tell a, vill- a villain's origin story so far, which, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he's done that yet, but that's such a classic, like, ah, you're going to die, let me tell you my secret plan. Or, like, let me tell you how everything started. A little but bit for of me, it's pretty cool. A little bit. For me, it's pretty cool because he's, you know, a stuntman and a special effects man, which I myself am. Um... I do the same, you know, props, the things that he does. I know how to do. That's what I do. So it's a little bit cool for me. I liked him. I didn't. I didn't remember that he was a special effects guy as well. I thought he was just a stuntman. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you, so you get a couple of points for me personally. As our expert witness on special effects and things like right. that, how accurate is it in this? Comic? Not very. That's what I. Um, that's what I thought. You're not gonna keep springs on your feet. <laughs> well, I guess that's not more special effects. That's more of a stuntman thing. But I mean, the costuming he can do, obviously. You know, the smoke he can do. Um, I don't really know much about the suction cups working very well. I don't think that'd be a great thing. Again, that's not really special effects. It's more stunts. But yep. the uh, webbing he made definitely makes something like that, but I don't know how well it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I guess if Peter can make it, he can make it. Right, and, that's, and if you're talking about in real world now, I think people have tried to do that and no one's been successful. Yeah, not yet. So, uh, not yet. We're getting there. People are trying to make Iron Man suits. They're trying to make web shooters. We'll get there. Yeah, one day. One day. Uh, if I don't see a glider flying around soon, I'm going to be upset. Well, there are some, I mean, like hoverboard kind of things. Yeah, those are stupid. But, uh, yeah, but Mysterio tells him how he does it, which immediately allows Spider-Man to beat him, uh, which is funny. Classic. I love how... They're fighting on the movie set, and that director's like, how come you didn't film this? As if they have rights to release that as a movie. I know. That's cool, though. They fight, and then they they get beat into a a film set um, with, you know, aliens, which Peter's probably like, are these the real aliens that I, you know, fought a year ago that literally exist, real Martian people that exist that I still am unfazed by? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haven't told anybody. I mean, obviously, how could you? But also, you talk about Doc Ock being ugly. This motherfucker is ugly believe that is ugly (laughs) yeah he's not a good looking man he's got he's got a weird looking nose he's got an awful haircut i don't know what's going on in the 60s with these villains but i mean they're evil so they gotta look bad you gotta look evil you're right but you seen people with big noses are evil uh, i'm not gonna say say my face but uh I do love how JJ's like, oh no, Mysterio's guilty, Spider-Man's innocent, I'm wrong again. It's like, it seems like you haven't learned your lesson yet, JJ. You keep backing the wrong side. The Flash is like, Flash always knew. He's like, I knew it. Spider-Man's a good guy. Flash is simp for, for Spider-Man. And obviously Peter's got to throw him off by saying, personally, I still wouldn't trust him further than I could throw him. Yeah, he's like, I don't, who's Spider-Man? I don't trust this guy. Gotta throw him off the trail, but that brings us to the end of this issue. I, 
ranking this one, I do really like this. I think I do too. I think his first appearance, like like I said, reading it as it was originally printed, I think it would have been really exciting as a kid, like seeing this Mysterio guy show up and like, what are his powers? What can he do? And then realizing like it's kind of a plot twist that he ends up being an illusionist um, and a stuntman and all that. So I think that's a really really cool. I mean, I think Mysterio is a really cool villain. Ultimately, I think. He gets better down the line when he starts to do more psychological stuff in the comics, like when he actually messes with Peter's mind a little bit, um, which this this kind of does actually, because you know at the beginning he's thinking like, oh, this was me. What am I? But he's kind of losing it a little bit. Um, so it's an interesting kind of. He's not just like some big beefy dude that Peter has to fight. Like it's a psychological uh, battle. I guess is how I would put it. So I, I would rank this like seven out of ten. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, seven, seven, seven point five out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I remembered a lot of it, so I was like probably the least excited to read it again. Um, but I do want to talk about Mysterio as a whole for a second. You know, really honestly, he's very like in the <clears> same <throat> class for me personally. This is personal opinion as the Lizard, hmm. where classic villain. Classic origin, classic storylines, everyone knows him. But he's, to an extent, a little bit of a one-trick pony. Like, once he starts doing his thing, I mean, he does his thing. You know, he's going he's gonna to freak Peter out a little bit. He's going to pretend to be Peter. He's going to pretend to be this person. He's going to pretend to be that person. Um, kind of like chameleon, sort of. like. Yeah, and the lizard, same thing, you know. All right, he's going to be the lizard. Then he's going to turn to the lizard. Then he's going to get cured. And he's going to be the lizard again. Then he's going to try to do some lizard things. You know, so it's not. I feel like he's not in the same category as like a, the other three villains we're gonna like Doctor Octopus, Green Goblin, even Craven. Like Craven's always like, he has the same motive, but he's kind of always changing it up. And he 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 actually affected Peter's life, in a big way, with the whole Craven the Last Hunt thing. I don't. I don't know what Craven's Last Hunt is. I don't know. Um, this one. Yeah, I've, right. I've only read. Okay, well, if you, well, I got one more thing to say, Mister. I'm in 1964. <laughs> The very last panel, Spider-Man swings away after talking to Flash, which we which we just mentioned. He says, "Poor Flash, only knew he knew the real identity of his favorite hero." And then there's like a little, you know, uh, panel thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, it says, "But uh, that day is still in the future." Okay, and then oh, sorry, uh, Peter says, "It would be worth anything to tell him someday just to watch him explode." Yeah. And then it says, "But that day is still in the future." And until then, yada yada yada. I was a kid. Or whatever in 1964 i'd be like oh dude they're planning to do it one day like the secret's uh, gonna come out so what do you think 1964 Pete, or dixon do you think i don't know yeah i, think I, I gonna... didn't think much about that as he's is he gonna reveal his identity to flash just to one-up him and kind of turn him around is he gonna start dating liz and tell liz we don't know i don't know well i think He's going to marry Betty, obviously. Oh, yeah, because she's the end-all, be-all love interest, of course. Why yeah. is my iPad making noises now? Hey, listen, uh, I've turned my phone off. I Well, I don't know how to – I can turn the volume down, but the notifications still make noise. How do I – hold on. I got this. Sounds uh, – yeah, I don't know. Oh, ringers and alerts, zero. There we go. Figured it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing but professional here at the Webheads Comic Club podcast. Um. But as JP is grabbing his comics from the background, uh, he's doing that because we're getting ready to dive into the next issue, which is issue number 14. I was setting you up while you were grabbing your comics. We're getting ready for the next issue. 
Amazing Spider-Man 14, which we all know you have it. We all know I'm exceptionally jealous. That's a beautiful comic book right there. Signed by Stan Lee for our audio listeners. Yes, issue 14, signed by Stan Lee. Um, if there's one thing I am so grateful and, and privileged to own and, you know, call it mine, it's it's this. Like, this is like, it's incredible. Yeah, for anyone I who doesn't it. know the history, back in the olden days on JP's old YouTube channel, uh, there was obviously an iconic video. Is that still iconic public video. or is it private now? I'm not sure, but <clears throat> what had happened was, is it was a gift for Christmas from my parents when I was 13 or 14. Probably the well, the craziest thing. I didn't even I didn't even ask for it. They just went to my the comic store I went to. They said, you know what, you know, James likes, you know, his favorite villains, you know, what would be a really crazy gift to get him? And they found a, I think it was 4.5 CGC for right. Experience of Green Goblin. Yeah. And obviously it's not in the CGC slab anymore, but I have good reason for it. First, I was told by somebody that is probably higher than a 4.5. That's not why I uncracked it, though. Was to get it signed by the man Stan Lee in 2015. Yeah. And I can touch it now. Yeah which I don't much. I did read from this issue. Like I said, if I have the issue, I'm reading it from it. Um, it was a out-of-body experience. Um, it was like driving in a sports car. If you don't own a sports car, it was crazy. It was honestly, um, I don't know. It's just very, really cool, very actually. carefully, of course. Right, yeah. I was eating Cheetos and stuff, but it was <laughs> like, it was fine. I had a napkin. I licked my hands off. I licked my fingers. Licked your fingers and, and then peeled the page. And then I, yeah, I peeled the page. So no, I was careful. I for sure was careful. Um, See, when I'm reading my old comics, I just take a piece of tape. And then I stick it to the page and turn it that way. Yeah, everyone says, like, take the tape off the thing and you're pulling <laughs> it out. I just kind of leave it on there and let it, like, rub against. If it catches, whatever. Like, yeah, it's just paper. Yeah. I'll, like, probably just color it in. Like, with I'll lick my finger, grab it, fold the corner so I remember where I was at right. in the book. Yes, of course. I have, like, um, I don't have a bookmark. So I just put another book in it. You know, as if an issue. Like, my 13, I'll put in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, while I wait. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, but all that satire aside, obviously, yeah, that 14 is pretty much your, like, pride. Pride possession. Yeah, yeah that is, possession. like, it is insane. It is. It's absolutely insane. So, um, obviously, um, if you know me at all, you know that Green Goblin is on the same level to me as Spider-Man as a character. I love the Green Goblin as much as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Um, it's, it's a hot take, but it's just true. It's, it's I mean... It's his nemesis. Like, it's 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 the Green Goblin. Yeah, but people are like, oh, I love Spider-Man. And, oh, he's my favorite villain. Like, no, this is like, in terms of pop culture characters, Green Goblin's like, top three. Well, so, before you dive into the summary of issue 14, right. I, and we'll talk more about my reasoning when we read through this, but if you looked at just the first 14 issues of The Amazing Spider-Man, and you read only those 14 comics, you knew nothing else about Spider-Man, and you said, which one of those villains is Spider-Man's arch nemesis? I would not say Green Goblin based no, on based on this one. appearance. He's just a goof in this first appearance. His motivations are a bit weird. A little bit of, uh, <clears throat> you know, but yeah, he's he's got a... His motivations aren't weird. Listen, I am damn biased, okay? <laughs> I will say it right now. I don't care. I'm biased, obviously. But I'm going to try to remove that bias a little bit. I will say that this is definitely a goofy issue. It's super silly. But I know the Goblin story arc, especially, you know, 
through 122, his first, you know, before his first death, mm-hmm. which I don't know if, when he dies. I don't know that. I didn't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> but his whole thing is that he wanted to be the crime boss. He started to try to do that in this issue. Didn't really work out. He still tried to do it, but Spider-Man kept thwarting him. And he became, you know, he's insane, and he became obsessed with Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's what happened, and it, and it starts in this issue. So, I don't know motives. I don't know you're talking about motives over there. Well, that's true. I, I, so, <laughs> I'm playing around. One thing I'm noticing as I open up to the splash page here, I love, and they always do something silly with the credits, you know, like smiling Stanley or whatever. I love how this one, it says, written by Stanley, the poor man's Shakespeare. Illustrated by Steve Ditko, the poor man's Da Vinci. Lettered by Art Simic, the poor man's rich man. They did that. I think it was issue fifteen too. They did something like that. It's just like it's just you can tell they were just having fun with it. Like just it's great. They do have fun with it. It's pretty fun. But the grotesque adventure of the Green Goblin. Oh my God! Please stand by. Hello. What happened? Oh Jesus! Yeah, the grotesque adventure. It's too much for me to handle. (laughs) I can't hear you. Okay. Well, uh, as he's fixing uh, technical difficulties on his side, um, we will uh, keep going. What's the what's what's going on over there? I'm back. Uh, don't worry about it. Okay. You didn't drop your 14, did you? No, that's over there. It's, I'm not even holding it. Okay. No, what happened was my mic unplugged from my computer. Oh. Not my mic, my uh, headset, my headphones. Oh, um, okay. Yes, technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, you know, new set. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. building out. I mean, it's like a million dollar set. You know, so of course, yeah. I mean, I had to. I'm planning on selling my 14 just to get a better one. Actually, yeah, it's to be expected, but you know, um, that's not even a funny joke. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the grotesque adventures of the Green Goblin. I love the word to grotesque. Super cool. Anyway, here we go. The unbiased uh, overview of issue 14, the first appearance of the best villain ever. So. We start off immediately with Green Goblin in his Green Goblin lair, uh, tinkering with his flying broomstick. That's right. In this issue, there's no pumpkin bombs. There's no glider. It is just, like, stun grenades. They're, like, like gray, like silver. And he flies on a flying broomstick, which is so odd because he, like, sits on it between his legs. He also just straight up sits on it, like, on his butt. And he also, like, stands and kneels on it. It reminds me of in the, I think it was the 90s cartoon when Green Goblin would ride his glider just like sitting with his knees folded up on it and he would just look ridiculous. There's a panel yeah. in here where he's doing exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also, once he stops flying on it, he just holds it. Yeah. With him. Um, so very witchy in this in this issue. He's, a, he's like a witch goblin, right? I guess, right? So pretty much his big plan in this issue is to... You know, defeat Spider-Man because he wants to be the leader of the crime in New York, like I mentioned before. Right. So he teams up with the big man and the enforcer. Not the big man, sorry, just the enforcers. Big man is not in this, but the enforcers, the three people that we talked about last issue in our last episode, issue 10. Go check it out. Uh, Spotify, you know, YouTube, all, all the good stuff. And um, he tells them that it. He can help them get revenge on Spider-Man if he just listens to them. And his big plan is to go to a you know producer, right? Or guy that makes movies. Yeah, movie. And he's a producer, yeah. Producer, right? And he says to him, 
I can get you, Green Goblin says to the producer, I can get you a movie starring Spider-Man, the Spider-Man. And obviously, the producer, he just sees money. He just sees money in his eyes, or two money signs. And he says, you know what, let's do it. Green Goblin's big plan is to get Spider-Man to sign a contract to go down into Hollywood to be in a movie fighting the Green Goblin and the Enforcers. To get him and beat him up yeah. and defeat him. Really convoluted way to set him up to fight him. Very interesting because he already meets him because he just flies around Manhattan, right? I think that's what he said. Flies around Manhattan. Spider-Man gets word of it. He goes, checks it out. He sees Green Goblin there. He talks to Green Goblin. They don't even fight at all, even though Spider-Man grabs his hand. Very cool panel. Love it. Gives me chills. Uh, <laughs> and... He says, go go talk to the producer. Spider-Man signs a contract. They go down to Hollywood, another field trip for Spider-Man down in Hollywood, which I, until I reread this issue, for whatever reason, I always skip past, like, I never, I never made a connection. I read this issue in full multiple times, and I don't know why I don't remember he went to Hollywood for this. Or he even uh, goes, a, yeah, Hollywood and New Mexico, where they film it. She's all over the place. It was in New Mexico, too? Well, I'm looking at the panel. It says, after a difficult journey, the camera crew and the stars reach a deserted area in New Mexico. He, he also says, like, it doesn't... The Hollywood, he's it. also Hollywood, yeah. I think he does both. Oh, interesting. Um, anyway, like every field trip that Peter has, Spider-Man uh, gets word that Spider-Man's also going to be there. So he needs to find a way to get Peter there. Enter J. Jonah Jameson once again, just like in issue 6 and issue uh, 11 and 12, or just 11. J. Jonah's like, Spider-Man's going to be down there for a movie set. Go take some pictures. So he goes down to Hollywood, New Mexico, wherever you want to call it. He gets on set with the Enforcers and the Green Goblin. And this man, Peter, says, BJ's makeup man must be a genius. Those actors look just like the real Enforcers. Yep. Peter, you're a scientist, pretty much. What are you doing? <laughs> He also has spider sense. Exactly. You think his which... spider sense would be like, oh wait, those are those are the enforcers for sure. Right. So they get on set, and the Green Goblin is just standing with Spider Man with a script in his hand. This is this is now I'm explaining it. It's like so ridiculous. And he says, "Say, <laughs> Spider Man, suppose we go off and rehearse the fight scene while they're setting up cameras. Yeah, we we don't want to, we don't make nobody gets hurt when uh, we perform for the cameras. It's like it's okay with me." And so they go to perform over, I guess, over there. They go to perform the fight scene, and they just start mollywhopping him. Yeah. And uh, that's when his spider sense finally goes off. He mainly just fights the enforcers um, to start with. And then Green Goblin starts throwing his stun grenades. Um, Spider-Man gets lassoed by Montana. He breaks the lasso, which is pretty cool. I, I, I hope that would be the last of the whole lasso, but I guess he's got a spare. <laughs> Um, and then they fight off into a cave. Okay, so they, the, the fight leads them into a cave. We go back to New York to see Aunt May writing him a letter, reminding him to take his vitamins. Flash and Liz are arguing about, well, Peter, right? And uh, whether he's a genius or, or, or a, a, a puny Parker, right? Right, exactly. And um, same thing. Betty Brant. And Jane Jameson, Joe Jane Jameson talking about Peter as well. Back to the cave. And everything's dark. 
Spider-Man has, has you know run away from them. They put a, they, all four of them like a, like a damn cartoon. Put a big old boulder in front of the entrance so they you know uh, Peter can't escape. And then Peter starts plucking two of the uh, enforcers. First Montana, who again has his lasso back somehow, ties him up. He ties the, the little guy up too. What's his name? Uh, Fancy Dan. And so it's just Ox and the Green Goblin. Um, knocks out Ox and within two panels. Yep. And then webs up Green Goblin like a, a web circle. He uses his flying broomstick to melt that and gets out of there. And then he throws some stun grenades and enter the Incredible Hulk. Guest wow. star. The first time they ever meet, I believe, right? I believe and, so, yeah. Uh, yeah <clears throat> and so pretty much they entered this cave. The fight leads into there. Little does anybody know, that's where the Hulk is hiding out from the horrible human race. And even though Spider-Man tries to plead with him that he's not going to hurt him, Hulk want, has nothing to do with it. He thinks he's just lying to him like other people have. So they fight a little bit. Peter realizes the sheer strength of the Hulk. He tries to punch him, hurts him, his hands really bad. Um, they have a bit of a fight. Peter gets out of there. He gets out of the cave. Or almost out of the cave. Almost out of the cave. Where he finds uh, Spider-Man again. Spider-Man falls into a uh, little pool. Green Goblin gets out of there. Spider-Man's still in the water because Hulk's lurking around looking for him. Yep. The enforcers get uh, rounded up by the military. Then handed off to the police. Green Goblin had escaped. We're back in New York. Um, the producer's talking a, a mucker with Spider-Man. He's not getting his 50 grand that he was promised because he didn't actually complete the project. Right. And um, But he does get paid for his kind of travel back and forth, so he didn't really lose any money. But instead of taking like a, the plane back, he tries to take the bus to save some money and give the rest on May. And then in the last four panels, we're back to... Uh, the Green Goblin, where he says, you know, if it wasn't for the Hulk, it would have went the way it was supposed to. Um, but a classic, classic, classic panel where the Goblin mask is hanging uh, on some type of box or whatever, and the identity of the Green Goblin is um, shielded by some type of safe or something. Who is he? Um, I don't know. Nobody knows, and it's really cool because the last panel is Peter walking in the city and he's like my spider sense is kind of going off but i can't pinpoint where it is so the unknown identity of the green goblin is just walking around new york city and he can't really pinpoint where it is you know he could be in this panel yeah, I and think he is. as i am as i am a 1964 child reading this i think he's the guy facing uh the wall over there in the brown and, and gray i say either he's the guy in the brown or he's the foot at the front of the panel kind of stepping off you know, it could be that. As I wasn't well, sure which one actually, because the brown. I mean, he's wearing the brown suit in the left panel. Oh, actually, I didn't, yeah, he is. I mean, I think, well, there you so, go. I don't know. Confirmed. But definitely, their teasing is identity. Which, what's interesting to me is, I mean, obviously, I have no idea who the Green Goblin is. So you know, I'm here uh, learning with you guys. But uh, you, by them teasing his identity, you would think that it's a character that we've already been introduced to. Right. So if and I was reading this back in 1964, I'm thinking, is it J. Jonah Jameson? Is it, you know, it's clearly more of an adult. Like, it's not a high schooler. So is it, you know, I don't know who else it could be. Yeah. Is it another villain that we've already seen? Right. Different is it the big man? 
I was going to say, is it the big man? Because he was with the Enforcers. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, you said when we read issue 10 that you didn't like the Enforcers that much. But here they are in the first appearance of your Green Goblin. Yeah, I didn't like him in this one either. Okay. Goofy is all heck out. Yeah. Oh, and the Green Goblin isn't Goofy sitting on his little broomstick flying around? What, do you want to talk about Goofy? <laughs> Let me tell you something that's Goofy. The fact that this is the greatest issue of all time. No, this, <laughs> this is... This was, this was you know, if, if I didn't love Green Goblin as much as I do, I would have a different opinion of this. It was definitely a little bit like, <clears throat> what was it, you said, issue 12, where it was a bit all over the place. They, you know, they put the Hulk in there and probably try to sell some stuff. Right. Brought back the Enforcers again. That could be just try to, like, bring back an old, you know, uh, you know old faces that, they, you know, the, the uh, readers already know. Familiar the, face. The one thing that I think is exciting about the Green Goblin and what makes him such a unique villain compared to all the other ones we've seen so far is that his identity is a secret and he gets mm -hmm. away. Yeah, and he gets because, away. Because, I mean, there have been other times where villains get away, but we know who they are. And there's been other times where their identity is kind of a secret, but then they end up getting caught. Whereas this is like, okay, this guy's going to be back. He's going to be a big problem. And there's a mystery of kind of who is he type of thing going on. Um... And also in the end, when he's taking off his mask and he, you know, after the battle and he's back in New York, which by the way he flew from the set all the way back to New York on his on his broomstick, which I was thinking, did he have to stop for gas? I, I don't know how I that would have been. The exact like. same thought, yeah. Um, but he's like, you know, the the world hasn't heard the last of the Green Goblin. I'd be like, damn, I'm excited to see what, you know, obviously he's gonna be back. He's gonna be back. And he comes back next episode. He does come back next episode. But um, yeah. So my some of my favorite moments from this issue. Um, I love, where is it? Uh, uh, Liz totally goes off on Flash this issue towards the beginning right. when she's flirting with Peter as always and then Flash steps in and she's like, you're too dumb to, you know, she just totally tells off Flash uh, and he's continuing to be mad at Peter and Peter's just enjoying it, but he doesn't even care about Liz. But uh, And yeah, like you mentioned, Green Goblin just flies around the city and then Spider-Man's just like, hey, what's up and he's like oh here i have a business proposal for you like this dude in a, a goblin costume flying around on a broomstick you have a business proposal like what is going on yeah. there peter was a little bit uh dumb in this issue a little gullible little definitely gullible also to know he doesn't wear his glasses anymore it's because they're broken they're broken but he didn't even like try to like get yeah. a new pair to fake it like he just doesn't wear no one really says anything no you know, like I used to wear glasses. I stopped wearing them. People still ask me, hey, why don't you wear glasses anymore? Because I don't need them, bro. Do you have contacts they're just for now? Like, reading. Oh, no, they're reading. just for reading. Oh. Um, like when I read these, I got to put my little glasses. Anyways, <laughs> put your little. So I, I, I find it a little bit uh, suspicious that nobody says anything. Either way. Maybe it happens off screen. Um, off, off, off yeah, panel. Yeah, it probably definitely happens. But I, I guess there must be like an issue in 2002 where they go back and show it i love how when right when jj is sending peter off to uh the set um he's talking to betty and jj kind of comes in and overhears them talking i think he even says something like uh where is it i don't know but he, there's a panel where it's betty and peter talking and you can see jonah kind of smirking as he's listening and then uh, after a scene later he starts fighting off at the set uh, when JJ literally mentions to Betty, he's like, he better not be off dating those Hollywood girls. 
Like, I think he says that on purpose just to mess yeah, with Betty. I think so. Like, he totally then, heard them talking earlier, and he was like, let me mess with her a little bit here. And Stan <clears throat> and Dicko are definitely smart enough, and, and I feel like probably those type of people to actually slide that in for anybody who would catch it. Yeah. So, so that I was that was one subtle thing. I didn't, I didn't think he heard them say it, and then it was like, oh, I'll, let me just play with her head a little bit. I didn't I didn't catch that at all, actually. So it was a good catch. It's a sly little... Uh, little moment but all in all my my overall thoughts on this issue i mean i agree the enforcers are a little less exciting in this one the only reason i liked the enforcers in issue 10 was because it was like the whole mob organized crime thing whereas in this issue it's just like we're some dudes who are going to beat you up uh love to see the hulk i love the hulk he's another marvel character i really like as a kid i talked about this recently on around the boxes because i've been picking up some hulk uh back issues but when I was a kid, a very, very, very young kid, my favorite superhero was originally the Hulk. Mm, well, I didn't know this about you. I had, like, the Hulk poster. I had the Hulk fists. I had, a like, a stuffed Hulk thing. That was when I was, like, very, very young, but I very quickly moved over to Spider-Man, and then it was Spider-Man from then until now. Um, so having the Hulk in a Spider-Man comic is obviously... I love that. And I think the next time Hulk appears isn't until, like, 119, 118? Uh, or 119-120, I think it is, and I have one of those books, uh, and I love that comic. I mean, that's just an awesome book as well, so it's really cool to have them cross over, and I think having this kind of, like, Spider-Man and Green Goblin fight with the Hulk there as well just kind of adds an extra element of, like, we need to avoid him and get out and escape. It makes for kind of a fun... I think you compared it to Scooby-Doo. I think that's a really good... Or you said cartoon. Like, it's kind of Scooby-Doo-esque of, like, tiptoeing around the cave, and then there's the Hulk in the background, and then Green Goblin flies overhead. Like, you can just picture it uh, translating into a cartoon. So, all in all, personally, as as much as this is an iconic issue, it's the first Prince Green Goblin, I want to own this so badly, because as a Spider-Man fan, you need to own this comic book. I would rank this, like... 7 out of 10, 6 out oh, of 10. I was going to say like a 5 or something. Maybe, I would say like 6. Well, my unbiased opinion, honestly, it's at least a 10 and a half. <laughs> um, I think it's a work of art. I think we should round up every issue except for mine and put it in a museum. Uh-huh. And uh, not realistically. It was, it's, if I take my bias out, and not even if I'm not taking my bias out, if I put my bias in, because there is much, much better Green Goblin oh, yeah. issues obviously. and story arcs, and obviously a more developed character. Almost than all this. of them are, yeah. Right, exactly. This is pretty weak. It's an origin story. I love it. It's fun. It's fun for me, and it's cool for me to read, obviously, and for anybody that likes Spider Man and, and the Goblin. Um, but I give it, a, I give it about a seven. I wanted to ask because we talked about No Way Home a little bit. How did you feel about Green Goblin and No Way Home? absolutely fantastic wish he had a mask i thought the same thing yeah i was like i do wish we had had one fight scene where he had the mask on um uh, williams defoe's acting and like i said i'm not gonna spoil it at all so you probably know what i'm talking about the way he uses his face and used his face in in the movie yeah was obviously why they didn't give him a mask yeah but i do wish he had one it added a level of of acting to the role which i think was huge and, but... and i think that's why they did it um but the whole time I was like, this is so cool. I wish he had a mask on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one shot. So, I mean, I went opening night. And that one shot that was in the trailers. So, this isn't a spoiler. Uh, when he comes through the smoke and he is wearing the full costume. Yeah. He has the helmet and everything. Dude, the theater went 
nuts. Yeah. I had a pretty good crowd. I don't know if you had a pretty good crowd. Yeah, I had a great crowd. But yeah. our whole crowd was just like, yeah, like freaking out, like applauding. We were all like screaming. And then, of course, what happens immediately after that, I won't spoil. But I got so excited. My heart was like thumping. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, which, you know, they tease you. They get a little tease. But so messed up, bro. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. But yeah, he was. I mean, people are saying he's one of the best MCU villains. I agree with that. I think. Oh no, fully. He was. I love how they really made him. Without again, without spoiling anything, but Green Goblin's obviously one of the main villains of this movie. I mean, he's yeah. pretty much the main villain of the movie. So. And he does not hold back at all. No, he does not. So, love it. Go see the movie if you haven't seen it yet, and we will be talking about spoilers on Around the Boxes. But that's overall thoughts on issue fourteen. So from there, we can dive into the last issue on this episode. This is issue 15, first appearance of Craven the Hunter. Before we get to that, I would like to ask you, since we're talking about the Green Goblin, where does, I think I've asked you this before, but I haven't asked you on this podcast, where does he rank for you in terms of your favorite villains? Like, I know it's hard for you to rank them, but... Obviously, you got to put some respect on the Green Goblin's name. Right. So, like, as a Spider-Man villain, objectively, he's obviously S-tier, right? Me personally, I like the Green Goblin. There's a lot of great stories with the Green Goblin, like 39 and 40, obviously 121, 122, like even in the modern days, like when we were picking up Superior Spider-Man, like Goblin War. and Even the recent issues. Yeah, like anytime he comes up in Spider-Man comics, you always know you're in for a really good story. He's not really my favorite, though. He's, I wouldn't I even like put him like... If I were doing my Sinister Six, like my top six favorite villains, he probably wouldn't be in the cut. Um, just because, I don't know. Like, Gobl- goblins were never really my thing. Go- goblins were always your thing. I like I like Carnage. I like Dr. Octopus. I like, you know, Mysterio is cool. I always liked Shocker, Electro. Uh, Rhino was one of my favorites when I was a kid. So... We should do that when we do issue uh, the annual. We should tell everybody our Sinister Six. Well, that's so gonna for be, that. So that'll be next next episode, but we'll talk about that in a second. That, you gotta get that. Uh, you gotta figure that out. But uh, issue fifteen, Craven the Hunter. Ooh, I was excited for this one. I was looking forward to this because I don't think I've ever read this comic book. Yes, I have. I have it. Is that we so? All know is that the one you got that yes. at at the convention? Okay. So, little story about this. Now, for our audio listeners, I have issue fifteen. <clears throat> Here it is. Right. Not could, bad. Could have been mine. So in 2015, right? 2015, I went, he, you know, 20, in Florida. 2014. We 2014? I think it was 2014. Whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, 14. Well, um, we went to Megacon, and that was the first time we met. We went to Megacon, Megacon together. Uh, that's where we got our book signed by Stan Lee. Yep. And obviously, there was vendors everywhere, and we went around, and, you know, we had a, a certain amount of money to go buy some books. And we were flipping through a certain vendor, and this issue was there, this exact issue. And I went, I don't know, I, think I, I don't know if I found it. I was like, you know, look at this. And it was, ready for this, everybody? Many Spider-Man 15, Megacon, 2014. It was, I will never forget, $85. Which is like an insane price nowadays. $85. And we both looked at each other like, who's gonna who's gonna get it right we, and i remember i remember I, us having a solid like few minutes yes. where we were like whoa we both kind of want this yes i all i remember you if you remember a solid few minutes i don't remember how it ended but all i remember <clears> is just 
I need an issue 15. And then I think he went, I also need an issue 15. And I went, I need an issue 15. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember how it ended. I don't remember. I I do because ultimately it ended up working out because we I found an issue seventeen, which was also I think like I don't remember exactly, but I think it was like seventy five dollars, which huh. is an insane. I mean, it's the second appearance of Green Goblin. Like, yeah. it's a pretty beautiful copy. I still have it today, and so I needed a seventeen, and you had seventeen. So then ultimately I was like, okay, I'll get the 17 and then you get the 15. So then we were both happy and obviously I wasn't bitter at all, but that 15 is beautiful. I wish I had. It's actually, it's, uh, it's attached by one staple. Okay. It displays beautifully. It's a little bit, I would say it's probably, uh, I'm horrible at grading. Mm -hmm. FYI, everybody. Um, it's probably like a 2.5 or 3. Okay. So it's not bad. Um, if we talk about the whole book as a whole, it displays really nicely. Right. Right. It looks good. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's got really, it's probably like it's like it's got like darker pages, you know. Like I said, it's, it's only attached by the top staples. Um, it's flaking a little bit on the corners and in the back a little bit, but it's it's complete. It's attached, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's always it's always I always think about that because obviously, you know, you were there. Yeah, everything. But um, another another issue that I love that I have, but um, I love the cover. I'm fifteen. Yeah, it's a great cover. So yeah, I was very interested because I remember I will. Ne- I think it's probably the number one book that I'll never forget the price on because you know whatever. And I was like, I looked it up. I was like, okay, let me look up a three point ish, and there was like it. So it's like six hundred to eight hundred now. Spider Man comics have sky. This is why I can't is, even collect these things anymore. Bro. It, like, it's great for the ones that we have, but it sucks for trying to get more because now they're know, super expensive. Dude. Like I'll never. Like, <clears throat> you want a fourteen? I want a three. Holy moly, it ain't gonna happen very soon. <laughs> Good luck, yeah. And what sucks is I really want an upgrade to my three. Because, like, my three is beautiful, and obviously it's signed by Stan Lee. But right. it's it's got tape all over the cover. It's slightly right. restored. Like, I want to get a nice non-restored copy. And that's going to be so much money. <laughs> so, long-term goals. Long-term goals. Long-term goals. But, uh, so, quick summary for 15. First of all, I'm reading, you mentioned it, I didn't notice it for this issue. Written by Stan Lee, because we couldn't afford Mickey Spillane, whoever that is. Yes, this is what I was talking about. Yeah. Illustrated by Steve Ditko, because Picasso was out of town. Lettered by Art Simic, because his name fits this space. Yes, I love it. Okay, well, diving into it. Uh, starts off with Spider-Man thwarting some thugs who were planning a crime, and this guy just straight up jumps out the window. Just yeets his way out the window, and oh, wait. that's when you realize that ain't, no, that ain't no ordinary criminal. It's the chameleon, all the way from <laughs> issue number one. Back in this issue, he quick changes his disguise and gets away, and now he's plotting. He's got his yellow robe with his kind of purple sweater underneath. He's looking good, and he's thinking, okay, I got to eliminate the Spider-Man, but I can't do it myself, so how can I do this? Well, I need the help of my good buddy, Craven the Hunter, who... They later end up saying that it's his half-brother. But in this issue, they're like friends. So I guess they hadn't decided that yet. But Now, Craven the Hunter is apparently well-known because J.J. is like, oh, I'm going to the docks. I'm going to see Craven the Hunter. He's back. You know, He's this big hunter. He hunts animals, yada, yada. He can fight anything. Uh, now, this is when we see a bit more of the icy text boxes for betty she's yes i love it not happy that liz is touching up on peter uh but then craven shows up and everyone's isn't he so handsome he's so rugged looking 
Um, and an animal breaks loose. I think a gorilla, a couple gorillas, gorillas break loose. And Spider-Man's like, oh, quick, I got to change. I got to go help. But before he can get there, Craven is already picking up this freaking gorilla and tossing him around. So he's, he's putting in the work. But So Peter changed back. And we see Betty pissed again. She says, yes, Petey, let her fix it for you. And the panel's melting again. I love when they do that. They do that multiple times in this issue, actually. I love it. Betty really be throwing shade at Petey uh, because of everything Liz is doing. But um, So we meet Craven, and he, he tells everyone he's here to hunt Spider-Man. Uh, and everyone's like, well, that's illegal, but go for it anyway. Um, so they do. Now they kind of dive into his origin, which one uh, takeaway from this that I had, uh, he says that he was in the... Uh, he, a witch doctor in a hidden African tribe gave him a secret potion. Pretty sure that's Wakanda? Yeah. Pretty sure that's the Black Panther, the heart-shaped herb from... I mean, yeah. I don't think Black Panther even existed yet when this comic came out. Because I'm pretty sure he came out in like 1965, 1966. Um, but So maybe he wasn't planning... It seems like Stan already kind of had that idea. Another idea for another hero. Exactly. So they kind of set that up here where I think I didn't I never realized that Craven actually had superhuman abilities, but he's kind of has the same abilities as Black Panther. Right. That's actually another reason I was excited because we were talking about um, me and my friends with the movie. We we're talking about, you know, Craven possibly being a new one of the next villains, yada, yada. <clears throat> yep. And they asked they like asked they were like, is he like super strength? Like, I don't remember. Is he a super? I was like, I don't think so. I know he's like really strong, but I don't. Think he's just like a really good hunter and you know one of my other friends was like no i'm pretty sure he's super sent. I was like all right believe yeah. me but does. uh definitely does um yeah. from some potions and if they wanted to do him in the mcu they could easily have him get that power from wakanda right exactly so i mean they burned the heart-shaped dirt but anyway um so yeah so anyway going from there spider-man ends up going and craven is watching him fight some criminals he's observing his prey learning his uh behaviors and then ultimately they fight a little bit and uh craven ends up drugging him which was very familiar because if you've been keeping up with the recent spider-man issues ben riley just fought craven the hunter and he just drugged him so i saw the parallel there of it's kind of the exact same uh tactics he's using today but uh, Peter goes home, he's feeling dizzy, his hands are shaking, and Craven is just chilling. He's like, I don't need to kill him now, I can just wait. He's a little overconfident. I love how every time he's done fighting, at the end of the day, he has a nice, throffing potion. Yeah. Whatever that is. You know, I don't know if drinking that every day is good for you. Probably not, no. You don't care. Yeah. But uh, he wakes up the next day. He's feeling fine. His hands are still shaking. Um, and then now we get the first mention of a character that I don't, I don't know who they're talking about, but they must be an important character because Aunt May has set up Peter on a blind date. With... Dude, she's probably going to be like, it's a blind date. There's no way that's going to go. It's probably be ugly. Well, and she, I think he literally says, where is it? Yeah, no, he does. He says that exactly. That's why I'm saying it. Oh, where is it? It's somewhere in this issue, Pete's like, oh, I bet she's going to be hideous. Um, but who knows? We don't meet. But, uh, yeah, the niece of their neighbor, some someone named Mrs. Watson. Uh, don't know who that'll be, but I guess we'll find out at some point 
which actually isn't for a while. So this blind date kind of gets prolonged for a while. But uh, I love how it then cuts to Peter going to Betty. And Betty is being so petty. She's straight up, why, hello, Petey Weedy. Here, let me fix your little tizy wizy Petey. Little nice little song she's got going. Being sassy, just trying to be like, oh, like mocking Liz, which I think they're getting a little catty. I think that's fun to see. And he's like, oh, come on. I don't care about Liz. She doesn't mean anything to me. But then he immediately contradicts that later in this issue, but we'll get to that. Uh, But continuing the summary, uh, he goes to school. He drops a beaker because his hands are shaking. The teacher just, like, yells at him, which is kind of harsh, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then now Peter's starting to get kind of scared. He's starting to think like, oh no, Craven might actually beat me. Um, but he, Craven keeps drinking his potion. Spider-Man ends up spotting him at the zoo or the park. Uh, and then he realizes there's two Cravens and one of them is the chameleon. Uh, and so then he fights the chameleon and Craven, uh, in a fight scene in the park and ultimately ends up besting them. I love how he catches Craven in the web. Kind of reminds me of Spider-Man 1 when he tries to do that to Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately they get caught and Betty uh, <laughs> Betty forgives Peter. She's like, you know what? I, I would like to go out on a date with you tonight. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. And she immediately just goes, oh, I knew it. You don't care about me. And then to make things worse, Peter's plans free up. His blind date gets canceled. I think this is actually where he says, oh, that Watson gal is probably a refugee from a horror movie. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, but. Oh, sh- damn. What I love is the date gets canceled. He's like, awesome. I'll call Betty. He goes, Betty, I'm free now. And she just hangs up because she's angry at him. And so what does he do? Does he call her back? Does he explain? No, no, no. I, I want to go out on a date with you. My-, my plan's canceled. Like, I'm making time for you. No, no. He goes, all right, I'll call Liz Allen then. And he freaking calls Liz, and then she's not home because she's out with Flash. But I don't feel bad for you at all, Peter, because what the heck are you doing? If you're going to cancel on somebody, you got to cancel on Watson, Miss Watson, whoever that is. Exactly. She's probably like 30. <clears throat> yeah, she's obviously a refugee from a horror movie. I mean, obviously. That's, that is such a like, weird insult horrible insult he's literally kicking rocks in this panel too um aunt may is getting a little bit less uh what did what was she called a couple issues earlier doting doting she's a little less doting a little bit got a little bit more wits about her yeah she's evolving as a character she's evolving which is good um i like to see that obviously big big character in uh fireman's life how did you feel about uh, Craven in this? I really liked him. Um, I like Craven a lot. I think he's really cool. I think, uh, again, I really do like Spider-Man villains and villains in general that really have done something to Peter that actually affected him. Again, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but I've read all these issues thinking about what I already know about <clears> them instead <throat> of like it was my first time reading them. Um, so it's cool to know that Things are going to get real in the next couple of years with these two guys. I'm trying as best as I can to go in with a blank slate. Obviously, okay. I know the history. I know what comes on. And maybe we can cover the two perspectives on it that right, way. Right. That's, I think, what – maybe we'll do that. You go in blank slate. I go in 
with what I know. Because I'm just thinking of like, as introductions go, Craven's cool. Probably not as exciting to the readers back in 1964 as like no. Mysterio was or Green Goblin was or Dr. Octopus. Like he's cool, but he's kind of C tier, I would say. Like he's mm. on the same tier with Chameleon and Shocker. And I mean, he's not around yet, but I would say like Enforcers are like D tier. Craven and Chameleon are like C tier. B tier would maybe be like Lizard, Mysterio, and then obviously A tier, S tier is like. Are Dr. you talking about just in these Goblin. first fifteen issues? In these first fifteen issues, yeah. I don't know if I put Goblin A tier in the first fifteen. He might be B tier. I think I put Craven B tier. Okay. Um. I really do like that he's the first villain, and I think he even uh, Spider-Man even says this that he's like. The first villain that's not doing it for money or whatever, whatever he's doing it just because he likes it. Yeah, a little bit. And he just kind of a wants the challenge. No, fully. I mean, he's trying to hunt a human being because there's no challenges in the animal kingdom anymore. And I love how they're just like, ah, oh, you're deported. That's it. It's like, yeah, just get out, get out of here. Yeah, well, you'll come back. And then, <laughs> and then Spider-Man's looking at that boat like, ah, oh, looks so peaceful on that boat. It's like, it's like, isn't it the same boat that they're getting deported on? It is, yeah. yeah. Fun little parallel. He's like, what it would be like to be on that boat? And it's like, well, your villains are on that boat right now, so you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there, my guy. But uh, overall, how would you how would you rate this issue? I think it was good. I I, I enjoyed it. I think if you know Craven, this is classic Craven. Um, this is other than some of the more you know like Craven's Last Hunt and stuff like that. This is this is what you're gonna get from Craven pretty yeah i like the idea i like that they fight in central park it's kind of a little bit of different scenery really cool, for new yeah. york um because it makes sense for craven like among the trees and stuff like that uh and ultimately spider-man kind of beats him using his spider sense and his strength and uh he outs you know he webs up his thing so that the bell isn't making noise mm -hmm. so he kind of outsmarts craven a little bit so i, I really like that confrontation i think they do that really well peter's always got to have some type of handicap <laughs> It just seems like something, yeah. Something's got it, because otherwise he would just beat the crap out of everybody, right? But uh, yeah, I would I would rate that like six and a half out of ten. It's good. Seven and a half. Middle middle of the pack. Not like I really liked it. I liked it a lot. It's it was enjoyable. I enjoyed reading it, but it wasn't like the best Spider-Man comic ever no, printed. No, definitely not. Uh, it's not. definitely not the top out of these first 15 issues, but it's up there. I mean, like we said at the beginning of this episode, every issue in this episode is absolute heavy hitters. But, and I know, obviously, 14 is your favorite. But which issue out of these five would you say was, like, the standout for you? And, uh, except for 14, um, I'll say 11. Like I said, I really, really enjoyed 11. I was feeling the same, yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'll say it again. I don't know if you feel the same way of what I'm saying here, but I think it's literally like the, like, it's a Spider-Man story. You think of Spider-Man, think of the, the, the classic stories. It has all the marks of a good Spider-Man story. Yeah, yeah. It, I do, it has all the marks of a good Spider-Man story, but I wouldn't say that it is my penultimate vision of Spider-Man. The only reason I say that is because growing up, when I was reading Spider-Man comics, I was reading the 90s comics. So when I think Spider-Man, I think of Peter Parker, married, living in the apartment. I'm not going to say who he's married to because we're not there yet. But... Oh, it was Brant, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Betty Brant. No, no, no. But that, the it 90s, 90s Spider-Man is kind of what I picture as like my ultimate Spider-Man. That's why I can't wait to get to those comic books when we do get there because that is my favorite era of Spider-Man. I didn't read any of the comics till I was 11 or 12. Mm. And those were like 
you, it's documented on YouTube. <laughs> like yeah. that, that whole thing is documented on YouTube. Yeah. So you can know that like I read the issues that were coming out then and all the older issues. Yeah. Because I started buying the older issues first, and mm-hmm. those were the 90s books, and that was what I was reading. And then I started picking up the modern books. But so for me, like, my favorite era of Spider-Man is definitely that 90s, like the 300s run. Um, so And um, obviously I grew up with the uh, Raimi movies. Yeah, uh, and, of course, yeah. you know, the animated series and stuff like that. And I feel like that story that we read, issue 11, has a lot of those same elements in it elements yeah that's yeah. what i'm looking for elements in it so yeah yeah i agree i think 11 was definitely my favorite i really want to like that is immediately on the top of my priority list for comic books that i want to buy now uh, i definitely want to get 11 just because it's dr octopus i love that cover i love the story it's just a great issue i want it uh you can show it off i saw you grab it show it off here's my 11 for our youtube viewers you get to see our here's comic 13. books right here yeah, I got to get 12 so I can complete that five-issue run. You'll have a nice little run there. And then, do you have 10? Yeah. And 9. And, it, and, and eight. 8. Do you have 7? No. So you would have 8 to 15. That's a pretty good run. That's Yeah, but uh, now, yeah, but back in the day, again, 15 was 85 bucks, everybody. Just so you know. That's, what, like, that's why I have this run is because it wasn't thousands or hundreds of dollars. It was like 85 bucks. You kids these days don't know what comic books cost in our day. The 14 was very expensive, obviously. Um, not not as time. expensive as it is today. Oh, no, not even. Not even close. Close. It was, I don't even think it was even like a thousand back, back then. Yeah, now it's thousands. I think they said it was like, and I'll say it, it was like maybe seven or eight. This sounds about right, yeah. Man, you know what I would give to pay seven or eight hundred bucks for Amazing Spider-Man for fourteen full, right now? Oh my god, dude! I would geez. drop that tomorrow. <laughs> That's how much the fifteen is worth, supposedly. Yeah, you should sell it and buy me a fourteen. Oh, okay. Well, fourteen. <laughs> well, it's not seven or eight anymore. <laughs> you should sell your whole collection and buy me, or you just, oh, you just okay. give well, me your fourteen. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll take good care expect, of it. You know. Merry Christmas. I got it. Let's just rip it down the middle, and I'll and keep yeah. half, and you, and you keep you, half. you can have the signed half. Kind of the signed half? Yeah, okay. and I'll take the other half. Can you give me the uh, cover to your three? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll have if to take off have the, the rest tape. Of it, but I I'll take the part that's cut out, and you can just get that. Yeah, put it I think what I'll wall. do, actually, is I'll probably... Like, I'll take a reprint. I'll take the cover off of that one. <laughs> you give me your cover, and I'll staple that one on. Okay. So it's kind of like... Make sure you get, like, it, enough staples up and down the spine that it... Right. It displays nicely. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's an original one, but then if you open it up, you still have the book. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's going to be probably a reprint of that. Yeah, yeah. I have, all just aside, I have a reprint of Amazing Spider-Man 14 that the cover is the, the same Raimi Spider-Man. Raimi. I have the same one. And you, you just flip it open and it has the yeah, normal so comic cool. version. It's yeah. a, I, I, I was going to get it out for this episode, but mine's, probably display it. Mine's I plan on having this wall back here. I used to have it all comic books. I'm probably going to do that again. Um, so maybe I'll put it up there and you'll see be able to see it then. Maybe I'll get some on my wall. I need to expand my uh decorations in here but uh so that is episode three five awesome comic books so next week we dive into now this is gonna be a little bit different because next week we have our first annual issue oh. so next week in order we are going to be reading amazing spider-man 16 annual number one 17 18 and 19 so only four of the main series and throwing one annual in there so we still have five comic books because the annual is also a longer issue so i figured if we tried Mm -hmm. to do six that would be like a really long episode so 
Uh, we're just going to do five comic books, and that'll set it up. So uh, which issue are you most looking forward to? Well, we forgot about the questions about this. First, I have one question for you. We had a lot of excitement about these five issues. Did it live up to your, the excitement? Yes. Okay. I think I it lived up. I think these five are iconic. I think every single one of them is an absolute hit. I don't think there was a single miss in these five issues. No, I don't think so either. Um, but me personally, looking at the next five, I think that I am most excited for 18. Is that with the Sandman? It is. And the reason why, obviously there's a lot of great... I mean, Daredevil, Green Goblin again, the first appearance of the Sinister Six. I mean, that's obviously that's another, up there. That's another good five. Wow. But I'm excited to see Sandman back because we both Thank enjoyed you. four so much. And I was not expecting that. So now seeing that he's coming back, I'm kind of excited to see if it'll wow, be just another, as good. This is going to be another really good five. It really is. Nothing but bangers. I just said earlier that this is going to be... I don't think we're going to be able to top this five, but I, I think this is going to get really close. We have the we have Daredevil crossover, second appearance of Green Goblin, second appearance of Sandman, first appearance of the Sinister Six. And I'm pretty sure it's an early... It's a yellow suit Daredevil, if I'm not it is. mistaken. It is. And anybody that doesn't know, mostly because of the Netflix series, Daredevil is my second favorite hero. Spider-Man Daredevil. Yep. So I'm pretty hyped for that crossover. So you're excited for 19... Man, I don't know. I mean, I love the Sinister Six, obviously. Which I've never read that one, so I'm very much. Which I don't, I don't think I've read, I think I've read any of these actually. Oh, I've read sixteen before. I've read I've read seventeen, but I am going to starting now because I didn't do it for the early issues because you know, I'm I'm more nervous than you are. But starting with these, I am going to read the physical ones. I have seventeen and I have nineteen, so I'm going to actually read those ones. I was actually so nervous to touch my four, like read my fourteen that I was like on the verge of like shaking a little bit <laughs> like i was just waiting to like tear rip the like shake like, turn the page rip, rip, turn the page and be like <laughs> like <laughs> i opened I'm my like, three the other day like, what if i just spit on this right now like i'm not even kidding i i opened my three the other day because i wanted to see if it had the pinup in it yeah it did not which is unfortunate yeah. but uh so i was able to actually look through and it's just a different experience Yes, I know. On my uh, on my eleven, do you know how like in the splash page is like a little web Spider Man symbol? Yeah. In the circle, that was cut out. Oh no! Was it taped back in or just completely no, missing? It was gone. Oh no! Some little rat kid probably cut it out and put it up on his wall. On the splash page on eleven. Yes. I'm trying to look at the. Like the the, the... spider logo. Oh okay. Oh I see. Yeah. Dang. That's where... And the interesting thing that... You have the annual number one, right? I do, no cover. That's right. I was going to say, you should look and see, because I was flipping through it on Marvel Unlimited uh, the other day, and at the back of annual number one, they have a lot of just, like, pinups of villains and stuff, so I imagine a lot of those copies probably have pages missing. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. I actually got that for free. Oh, yeah. And, um... Like we were talking about, anybody that doesn't collect comics, back in the day it was a lot easier to buy these. Even still expensive, but a lot of these issues, like I said, 15 was $85, is now 6 to 800 in the condition that I have. Um, I wanted to look up how much a coverless first appearance of the Century 6 was. Somehow there is one on eBay, $500. Yeah. 
Like, it's impossible. It's impossible to collect these issues nowadays if you're not, like, filthy rich. I mean, it just takes time, really. Right. That's where, like, I'm, um, go- I'm going to get every issue of Amazing Spider-Man in my lifetime. Right. It's just going to take my lifetime to do it. Right, but, right. Yeah, we'll get there. But, uh, so did you, uh, did you say which issue you're looking forward to most? No, I don't. I, it's hard to, th- like, okay, like, obviously, issue 17 is, like, classic Green Goblin comes into form. Yeah, like glider. You got the pumpkin bombs. You got all that, all the all the goblin things you love. Um, I'm really excited for issue 16. I haven't read it. I love Daredevil, so I'm actually I would say maybe maybe 16. Okay. Other other than other than 17, we'll say 16. That makes sense. I mean, obviously, I expected 17 because you're the Green Goblin guy, but I think 16 16 is crossover with Daredevil, which is awesome. And I think it actually came out like right after Daredevil one. Mm-hmm. Like it was because he only had the yellow suit for what, like six issues? Six issues, yeah. So, this was pretty, a really early Daredevil appearance, and he's crossing over with Spider Man, which obviously Daredevil and Spider Man, whenever they cross over, that's always a really cool Electro, like issue eight, was it of Daredevil? Electro was in, or maybe two, two, issue two, Electro? Oh, uh, it was one of those. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I was thinking eight, because like eight, nine, but I think it was issue two. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Electro um, fought Daredevil very early on. Yeah, like Spider-Man villains. Like, there's obviously a lot of... It is two. I looked it up. Two? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of crossover between Spider-Man and Daredevil, so uh, that'll be exciting to see. But that about does it for this episode this week, coming in at just under two hours, so a little, little bit shorter than last week. Uh, thank you if you made it to the end. Leave us a comment down below. What was your favorite issue this week? If you are reading along with us, or if you're not, I mean, just based on uh, our discussions of it, which which issue do you think is your favorite? Do you guys own any of these? Love to know. We'd love to have a conversation in the comments on YouTube. And of course, if you are listening on podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, you can head over to our social medias, uh, YouTube DA Comics, YouTube JP Creations, uh, TikTok at DA underscore comics, and at it's JP Creations, as well as Twitter at RealDATweets and Instagram at j.p.creations. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or any of those other previously mentioned apps, I'm pretty sure you can give you can give our podcast a rating. Five stars. Do that. Five stars. Or whatever you think is fair, but I, I vote five stars. I think five is pretty fair. I mean, have you heard my dart barking in the background? Exactly. Per- only professional quality here. We only right. going up from here. But we have lots and lots of Spider-Man comics to go. So tune in yeah. next week. Read along at home. I heavily encourage you to read these comics yourself because we can talk about them all day long. But nothing really replaces actually reading the comics yourself. Uh, so I encourage you to read 16, Annual 1, 17, 18, 19. And tune in next Monday for the next episode of Webheads. But until then, everybody have a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays if you celebrate a holiday other than Christmas. We will see you guys next week. Thank you, and peace out. Bye-bye.